The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. This is Pastor T, and man, I'm just so thrilled. I am so excited to be joining you again, uh, yet for another awesome, awesome time in God's Word. Man, it's, it's just been phenomenal these past three weeks. And uh, if you have paid any attention to what I've been teaching on, I've literally been trying to get people's attention uh, onto one thing and one thing only. I've been trying to get people's attention onto Jesus because that's what we need to do in a time uh, as this. We need to get our attention on nothing else but on, the, on Jesus and on the cross. And that's what we've been doing uh, in the past three weeks. Isaiah chapter number 26 verse 3 says, Ye will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusted in him. So I'm just so excited about uh, 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 you know, our time that we've been spending, even though it's in the cyberspace. Man, I'm, I've, I've just been getting really fired up, spending time in God's word and just learning uh, more and more about uh, 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 how God has just lavished his love on us, his grace, unmerited and unconditional love, uh, just lavished uh, on us, and it's just been phenomenal. And so we're going to pray, and we're going to jump straight into uh, the word today. Man, I have a word for you today that's going to ex- encourage you. Uh, it's going to renew your mind, and it's going to challenge you to go to the next level. And so we're going to pray and jump straight into it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, we just give you all the praise and all the glory. We thank you for this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad uh, in it. Lord, we thank you for the promise that says, uh, where two or more are gathered uh, in your name, you are there with them. And so we know that the Holy Spirit is here with us, even though it may be on a broadcast and we are not together physically, but we know that because we are together in spirit, uh, you are here with us. And so, Lord, we just say thank you for this privilege and this opportunity that we can uh, uh, come together and that we can be called Uh, your children. We pray all of this in the mighty, uh, matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We have prayed and everyone said, Amen. Man, hasn't it been a good day already? Uh, I'm sure you've taken notice. We're trying out some new things with technology and uh, man, it's it's just exciting uh, um, uh, how innovative you become when you are in when you find yourself in a crisis and that's what we are doing we're just thinking outside of the box we we're letting that that anointing of grace in the marketplace creativity and innovation take effect and uh, that's why we've been trying a whole lot of new things and i trust that you have been blessed uh, this far and uh, we're going to get into god's word today today we want to talk about Uh, the God kind of love. We want to talk about God's agape uh, love. The Apostle Paul in prayer is one of uh, uh, the most powerful prayers uh, that the Apostle Paul uh, prayed primarily for the church at Ephesus and ultimately uh, for you and I. And it is recorded in Ephesians uh, chapter number 3. And I want to read from verse 16. In Ephesians chapter number 3 verse 16. And his prayer is, is that God would grant to you, you know, the, the, the saints at Ephesus. He says God would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might. 
might by the Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Man, that's powerful. Uh, that the Apostle Paul prays that Christ uh, dwelling in our hearts is by faith. It's not by feeling. Uh, it's always by faith. It's always by uh, standing on God's word. Because if you would like for, if you are expecting Christ to dwell in your heart, or if you are looking for a feeling uh, to 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 uh, reveal to you, or to be an indicator that Christ dwells in your heart, man, you you're gonna feel like He's not in your heart a lot more than uh, you feel that like He's in your heart. And so, yeah, the Apostle Paul says, Christ may dwell in our hearts. How by Faith that you being rooted and grounded in love and the Apostle Paul wants us to be rooted and grounded in love and it's amazing uh, that the Apostle Paul prays this prayer you know I've always asked myself if if I was to pray a prayer and this week we're going to be offering you uh, a book on prayer and I've always asked myself if I was to pray a prayer uh, that would be recorded and uh, that people would read hundreds and hundreds of years later, uh, what would I pray about? It would certainly not be about getting another iPhone. It would certainly uh, not be about getting my own personal needs met. It has to be deeper than that. And here the Apostle Paul prayed a prayer that is still relevant today, that is still as powerful today as it was then. He prays that Christ's love, the agape love of God may be established in our heart. And he uses this word. He says that we, you, the saints at Ephesus, primarily and ultimately you and I, he says, my prayer is that you may be rooted and grounded in love, that you may find your solid foundation in love. And that word love there is the Greek word agape. So he's not talking about philia. You know, the word love in the English is derived from several English words. One of them is storge, which means sibling love. The other one is philia, uh, where we get uh, brethren, you know, love, the city of of, of brotherly love, Philadelphia, they, they borrow that word from philia. And the other word uh, for love there is eros. It's talking about a romantic love uh, between a man and a woman. But that's not the love that he's talking about. That's not the love that we should be rooted and grounded in. The love that we should be rooted and grounded in is, is agape. It is the unconditional love of God. God is the only source. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, God is the only source for unconditional love. Everywhere else you go, all you're going to get is conditional love. I mean, people are going to love you with terms and conditions. If you run around on them, they're going to drop you. <laughs> Praise God. If you, if you act the fool, they're going to leave you. That's the truth. And they have the right to do so. But with God, his love for us is unconditional. It is, it, is, it is not based on what we do or don't do. It is not based on our performance. The reason it, be, it is unconditional is because uh, Jesus uh, paid for it. The reason it is unconditional is because Jesus performed for us. And so God loves us for Jesus' sake. Not for our actions' sake. Not for what we do' sake. But for Jesus' sake. And Jesus said, satisfied uh, the demands of justice. Man, this is powerful. And what else does he say? He says, so that you may be rooted and grounded in love, so that you may be able to comprehend or understand with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. So this love that he's talking about is multidimensional. I mean, this love is powerful. He says in verse 19, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you might 
be filled with all the fullness of God. So here the Apostle Paul is praying an almost impossible prayer. He's saying, I'm praying that you may know the love of Christ, which is beyond knowledge. So he's saying, I want you to know something that you can't even know <laughs> with your peanut brain. So what is he saying? He's saying this kind of love can only be received by revelation. Man, you have to pray that the Holy Spirit, in fact, that's what the scripture says. It says the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. One of the, uh, uh, the things that the Holy Spirit would do in the believer's life, it is to reveal to you how much God loves you. And when, you, when, when he reveals that to you, uh, it will become uh, certain to you. Uh, it will become a sure thing to you uh, to know that God is not the one that's uh, sending sickness to try and get your attention. Uh, it will be a sure thing to you that God is not the one that's judging the world. He is not judging the world. God is not sending a calamity to the world to try and get his children to repent. Man, I've seen uh, ministers all over the world. Some of them quote from uh, Second uh, Chronicles uh, chapter number 7, I believe verse 14 which says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves uh, and, and, and turn from their wicked ways and repent and pray. I will hear them from heaven and I will heal them. Uh, it, this verse was written before Jesus went to the cross. We on the other side of the cross uh, can put our confidence and our trust in Jesus and when we do, one of the things we will realize is that God unconditionally has already released healing. He's not waiting for you to move so that he can release healing. Grace is the, is the, is the past tense of God's word. Grace is when God has the first mover advantage. See, every time you say grace, it disqualifies your repentance. It disqualifies it disqualifies you earning it. It disqualifies you doing something to get God to do something. Every time you talk about grace, you're talking about the past tense of God's word. That's why when you read the book of Ephesians, it's written from a past tense perspective. He's showing you the things that God has, watch this now, already done by grace. He starts off this chapter by saying in Ephesians 1, uh, verse 3, Blessed uh, be God and the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So watch this. God has already blessed us. God has already healed us. God has already prospered us. Now it's our turn to respond to that. And one of the ways uh, that we get the fuel to respond to that is by having a revelation of how much God loves us. I know we, you know, it sounds like a, a, a kindergarten or nursery uh, revelation, uh, but this is very deep. This is, this is deep, call it unto deep. I know, you know, a lot of people put it on their uh, bumper stickers. They say, Jesus loves you. And a lot of other people put it on their fridge magnets. You know, they say, Jesus loves you. And it's almost everywhere to the uh, detriment of realizing how deep and how powerful it is. It's almost everywhere to the point where people have become so familiar with it that it's lost its, its meaning. Well, let me tell you, brothers and sisters, Sisters, Jesus loves you is the greatest revelation that you can ever receive. God loves you is the greatest revelation that you can ever receive. It will radically uh, change your life. So I just want to quickly invite you with me to go to Galatians chapter number 5. And I'm going to be reading from uh, verse 6. Uh, Galatians chapter number 5. And I'm going to be reading from verse 
uh, 6. And I want to show you something that's profound here. It says, for in Jesus Christ, and you and I are already in Jesus Christ. We are already uh, in our salvation. It says, in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything. So in Jesus Christ, uh, circumcision here is just using it as a metaphor for keeping the law. He's saying in Jesus Christ, trying to keep the law and uh, the do's and the don'ts is not going to help you achieve anything. So what's going to help me achieve something? Uh, Apostle Paul, he tells us, he says, but faith which worketh by love. Man, that's a powerful revelation right there. He tells us that faith works by love. And faith is one of the uh, most important ingredients in the kingdom of God, if you want to call it. Uh, uh, Scripture is uh, very clear in uh, Hebrews chapter number 11, uh, verse 6. It says, for without faith it's impossible to please God. Uh, For he that comes to God must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of they that diligently uh, seek him. Scripture also tells us that uh, faith is our victory. It says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Uh, Why? Because he who is uh, uh, born of God overcomes the world. And so faith is a vital part uh, of our journey. And here scripture says in Galatians 5 verse 6 that this faith works by love. And again, we see the Greek word agape here. I used to think that when Galatians 5, the Apostle Paul writing, when he said uh, faith works by love, he meant that for your faith uh, to work, you need to have forgiven everybody. You need to have uh, been walking in love with everybody. And when you do, uh, only then will your faith begins to work. But if you look up at the Greek word love that was used there, it's, it's the word agape. And 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 none of us can, can produce agape in our own uh, strength. Agape, uh, the only source for agape or, or unconditional love is God. And if you want to produce unconditional others uh, love for others, you better be connected to the source of unconditional love who is God. And so if you put that all together, what this verse is saying is your faith begins to work when you realize how much God loves you. When you realize that God loves you so much so that he gave his one and only begotten son. Listen, I always use that verse and I always tell people up front, I am not giving you any of my children to die for you, okay? I'm, I'm not giving you nothing, okay? It, it, that extreme, I'm not, no. But God found it worthy to give to you his one and only begotten son so that he could die for you at the cross. What manner of love is that? What manner of love is, is that? That uh, the father uh, sent his one and only begotten son to die for you and I so that we could be uh, reconciled with him. What happened there? Compassion compelled God to move. And God is motivated by love, not by judgment, not by, uh, 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 you know, negativity to try and get his children to come to him. God is always going to get his children to come to him uh, through the motivation of his love for us. I used to read the beginning of scripture right in Genesis and it used to confuse me uh, because God is all knowing. He knows the the end from the beginning. Uh, God knows uh, uh, all the way to infinity. He knows uh, to infinite. He knows uh, uh, how things are going to look like a thousand, a million, a billion years from today. And so I used to wonder uh, why God in all of his wisdom let created Adam 
And he knew Adam was still going to make a mistake and he still let him leave and go with the plan. Why did God still go with the plan even knowing that Adam would make a mistake that would cost all humanity? Do you know why? What made him still go with the plan was his love for you. God looked down the corridors of time and he saw you and I. He saw how you and I would respond to the call of salvation uh, through putting our confidence and trust in Jesus and what he did for us at the cross. And God saw us and he saw how he would be reconciled to all of his children worldwide. And God thought it worth it to still go ahead with the plan. What made him still go ahead with the plan was love, brothers and sisters. It was his compassion. It was his love for you. God loves you and he loves you unconditionally. Man, uh, Jesus shared a story in Luke chapter number 15, and I love this story. This is uh, one of the best illustrations of God's unconditional love uh, for his children. And the story is commonly known as the uh, story of the prodigal son. And, and this is the, the title that the translators gave it. When Jesus shared the story, he didn't give it a heading. He didn't give it a title. He just shared the story. And, you know, the translators in reading the story uh, uh, thought it uh, necessary to to give it that title and 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 if I was to give it a different title which I can <laughs> since Jesus didn't give it any title I would call it the story of the revelation of God's unconditional love and the goodness of God uh, uh, for his children Man, the, the love of God, the unconditional love of God is revealed in that story. And so the story goes something like this. It says that there was a young man, uh, a younger son. This man had two sons and the younger son, who is known as the prodigal son, went to his father and he said, Dad, uh, I would like to, to get a portion of my inheritance that's due me uh, right now. And, and this son, essentially, what he was saying to his dad was, Dad, you're not dying soon enough. Because the only time you're allowed to receive an inheritance or a portion of your inheritance was after the, 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 the tester or the, the person who's written the will uh, has died. And so he wanted the will to come into uh, effect before the father uh, dies. And you must remember, Jesus is sharing this story with legalistic Jews. He's sharing this story with Pharisees is sharing this story with the with the Sadducees you know the, the guys who were sad you see <laughs> and he's sharing this story with those guys and he's telling them man there was a son who did this to his father and these guys are already you know uh, uh, in, 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 in stoning mode right at the beginning of the story they're saying Jesus you know what this kid deserves Stone to be stoned. It is this is abomination. And so Jesus says this younger son uh, was given, you know, the, the the portion of his inheritance. He took his inheritance and he uh, took off on a journey and he went into a far country uh, where he joined himself with the citizens of that country. Now this uh, was another. A uh, uh, mistake that the younger son made that deserved uh, stoning. And Jesus keeps pushing the envelope. He keeps going further and further. And he says, after this son joined himself with the citizens of this country, uh, he wasted all of that inheritance money. He wasted all of that substance, watch this now, through riotous living. It's interesting that Jesus didn't say uh, the younger son wasted uh, his substance through bad investment. No, he wasted it through riotous living. I mean, this kid was wilding. He wasted all of that money through craziness. And here's another mistake that deserved a stoning. But the father hasn't stoned him uh, yet. 
and, and, and we, Jesus keeps going further in the story. He says after he lost everything, he got a job. And some of you have been to the village uh, where you look after, you know, uh, uh, your grandfather or your, you know, parents, animals. And you know that looking after pigs is the worst of the worst. So Jesus is painting a picture that not only was this kid crazy enough to ask for his inheritance while the father is alive, crazy enough to spend it on riotous living, crazy enough as a Jew to join himself to the citizens of a different nation. Uh, that would deserve stoning right there. And crazy enough that when he got a job, uh, he was now the, at, the, at the law of the law, that he got the job to look after pigs. And by this time, Jesus said uh, he would look at the food that the pigs were eating and he would feel like eating the same food. I mean, this kid had hit rock bottom. And so scripture says while he was uh, uh, looking after these pigs, he had a thought. He started thinking and he said, you know what? Even the servants in my father's house get a better treatment than this. What got him to start thinking about uh, 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 his father and to start thinking about going back to uh, he, be reconciled to his father was not how harsh the father treated the people in his uh, uh, authority. It was not how harsh the father treated his servants. It was how good and how loving unconditionally the father treated uh, even his servants. Now, if he treated his servants, that way, how much more would he treat his sons and his own children? And so he started thinking within himself and he said, you know what? I'm going to go back to my father and I'm going to say, dad, I wronged you. And uh, why don't you let me back in as one of your hired servants? So he's, he's coming up with this uh, uh, business deal in his mind. He's saying, you know what? I'm going to go back and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to tell my father, just just let me in as one of your other servants because I know I'm going to live better than this in my father's house because my father is such a good, good father. He's a loving father. And he starts trekking back and thinking about this business idea, this business deal that he's going to present to his father. And scripture says his father saw him afar off. Now remember, this is the father we had been wronged. Just like we have wronged our heavenly father, just like none of us have ever kept the, 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 the commandments uh, 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 perfectly, just like none of us have ever done anything perfect. You know, we, 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 we have all sinned and we have fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. Unless you are deceived, uh, you know. And, and so this guy is trekking back. And the father, even though he had been wronged so much, scripture says he took off. And he started running towards his son. Now for him to have seen his son afar off, it means that every single day he would come out and sit on the veranda uh, and he would look and scope the horizon and, and, and wait in anticipation for the return of his son. And this is God's heart for the entire world. God anticipates the return of his children. He anticipates the day that his kids realize that the payment was made at the cross and that they put their confidence and trust in Jesus. He anticipates that day. He looks at that day. He looks forward to that day with longing and anticipation and excitement. That's why scripture says when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, you are saved. And when you are saved, the angels in heaven rejoice. There is a party in heaven uh, to the born again of just one believer. God uh, looks at that as an, as, a, as, a, as an enormous feat of victory against the kingdom of darkness. And so scripture says the father took off running and he went and he hugged his son and he started kissing him. What manner of love is that? Man, this will go against any religious spirit. This will go against any legalistic mind. That this kid hadn't kept any commandments. In fact, he had been living his life making mistakes. Yet the father took off and hugged him and loved on 
on him unconditionally. He didn't wait for him to get a shower. I would like to believe at this time uh, he was probably he hadn't seen the, 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 the barber shop in days, just like, you know, most of us during this lockdown. Man, I've been trying to get a trim. I can't. And so my hair is growing and, you know, I'm just, man, I need to, the first thing I'm going to do, I was talking to my wife uh, earlier on and she said, man, the first thing I'm going to do after the lockdown is I am going to go to Nando's. <laughs> and I said, the first thing I'm going to do after lockdown is I'm going to go to the barber shop. Man, I need a shave in a hurry. And so this guy hadn't shaved in days. He's trying to eat the same food that the pigs were eating. And this guy, man, you're probably smelling like pigs right now. He's, you know, at the time that the father went. But the father didn't consider any of that because of his unconditional love for him. So he ran out, he hugged him, he started kissing him, and he said to his servants, take off his uh, slave uh, robes. They took off his slave robes. He says, put on some papal, uh, purple uh, royal robes on it. Put on some purple royal robes on it. And he said, now put a ring of, of, of authority back onto him. And so the father didn't even listen to his business proposal. He went straight ahead and restored him back to sonship. He didn't say, okay, I hear you, you made this mistake, so you're going to be a servant. No, he restored him all the way back to sonship. And scripture says he asked for them to kill a fattened cow. And he threw a banquet, a party for him, loved on him. And this father was uh, reconciled to his son. And this is how the father concluded the story. He says, I'm so overjoyed. I'm excited because my son was dead and now he has been brought back to life. And that's what we were talking about last week. How you and I, when we transitioned from being in a dead state, when we transitioned from being sinners, when we transitioned from being without God, we moved from death to life. And that's what the father was saying when you are not born again you are dead in your trespasses when you are reconciled with your heavenly father you have come alive in God you're quickened uh, 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 in God and and Jesus made all of this possible uh, by his resurrection man I'm telling you when you start looking at things from this perspective scripture says your faith will begin to work because all of a sudden you're gonna realize the reason why God answers your prayers it's not because of your performance. It's not because of your fasting. It's not because of what you do or don't do. It is because of what Jesus did at the cross. And Jesus satisfied the demands of justice. I was preaching at the open week uh, 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 the, at the beginning of the year. And we, Will Graham, Barbara Graham, and myself managed to preach at the different uh, Caris Bible College uh, schools. And uh, while we were preaching at one of the schools, one of the students came up to me. And uh, she was really concerned. And she had had a, 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 a terrible relationship uh, in her own estimation with the Lord because she hadn't been performing uh, well enough. And I'm not saying that you should just go ahead and, and use the grace of God in vain and just live a sinful life. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, the Apostle Paul answered that question in relation to grace. They said, shall we sin, shall we sin so that grace uh, may abound? And he said, God forbid. It's just dumb. It's not smart. It's stupid uh, to live a sinful life. You know why? Because sin opens up a door uh, for Satan to come into your life and just uh, cause all kinds of problems. And, 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 and and some of you may wonder, how does that happen? Let me give you an example. If you start running
running around on your spouse. For example, uh, your spouse may not put up with your junk and rightly so. She shouldn't put up or you shouldn't put up uh, with your junk. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to leave you and it's going to open up all kinds of bad things happening uh, in your life. Your children are going to lose honor and respect for you. You're just going to be another clown in the house and it's just going to open up doors that will cause all kinds of problems. But guess what? God will still love you unconditionally, but you will have problems in the earth. If you uh, don't respect the law, they will throw you in prison. <laughs> God will still love you unconditionally while you're in prison. But man, this lockdown has shown me that I don't want to be in prison. I mean, I'm, I'm on lockdown in, a, in, my own, in the comfort of my own house with internet and TV and all these uh, luxuries and I still feel like I want to go out. I just want to be free because God created us to be out there and not to be in here. And so sin would cause all kinds of problems. So I'm not in any way condoning a sinful life. But what I'm saying to you is God does not answer your prayer based on that. He does not have a relationship with you uh, based on, on your performance and, and, and you trying to earn it. The reason he answers your prayers is because of Jesus. The reason he loves on you is because of what Jesus did at the cross. And because you have put your confidence and your trust in the finished work of the cross, in Jesus as the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world, God looks upon you with favor. Man, that's the good news. And so today I just thought I would come here and encourage you with this good news that, you know, when we, when we pursue during this lockdown, you know, I've given you several assignments. One of them is to go and study every scripture that talks about how God wants to provide for you and how God wants to prosper you. You're going to need those scriptures uh, as soon as the lockdown is over with because the economies of the world are being shaken. And, and, and another assignment I'm going to give you is to just go and study uh, how much God loves you. Go and find every scripture that talks about how God expresses his love uh, for you. We read a scripture uh, the other day. My wife and I were on the broadcast. We read a scripture that says uh, uh, he tattoos your face in the palm of his hands. Uh, we read another scripture uh, that says he knows the very number of hair on your head. We read another scripture that says he knows the things that we are in need of before we even ask. And he goes ahead and, and answers those things uh, before we even ask. So I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, God loves you unconditionally. And with God's love, T's and C's don't apply. Have you ever listened to these uh, adverts where they just kind of sneak terms and conditions in uh, right at the end? I mean, they're offering you uh, heaven in the advert. They're telling you, man, you could win this and go to Mauritius. You could win it. You qualified to win it. And right at the end, they sneak it in as fast as they can. T's and C's apply. You know what that means? That means you are not going to Mauritius. <laughs> Praise, Praise the Lord. But with God, he never sneaks in, T's and C's apply. With God, terms and conditions do not apply. So I just thought to encourage you with this. I trust that you were blessed uh, with this teaching. Chipo and I love you. We miss you so much. We can't wait to be back uh, together, uh, hanging out together uh, without any 
form of social distancing. Man, I love to hug people. I love to embrace and shake hands and just love on people and talk to people. And, and, and I'm trusting God that that's going to happen uh, uh, very soon. We love you. God bless you. And please stay tuned. Uh, we have some announcements coming up. We have a book offer that's coming up. And uh, you want to take advantage of that. We love you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Before you go, here's some quick announcements. We're still meeting every Thursday as life groups at 7 p.m. And we meet virtually. So if you want to be a part of a life group, please contact admin at faithhillchurch.co.za. Huh. Before I forget, our book offer for the week. Our book offer for the week is Every Prayer Answered by Pastor Tafara Butai. How many of you want to get every prayer that you've prayed answered? If that's you, I suggest you do today. You email admin at faithfulchurch.co.za and we'll be sure to send you your free ebook of this amazing book. One of the best books that I've ever read. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.